0: Hey, friends of the planet. It's me, Sean Harlwell. You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about movies that have fallen through our cracks and yours. You know that because you've already listened, which is great. And you know that I don't do this alone. So say hello to my co-host and co-clown craig baby Tie eyes morehead greetings citizens of earth uh, none of that is going to make sense to anybody who hasn't seen this movie right
1: it might not it might not but you know that's okay that's that's why you watch the movies that's why you do the homework you don't do the homework you yeah. don't get the payoff
0: maybe you should tell people where they can also find other information about our podcast so that they can know even more about these movies that they're not going to watch
1: well okay we have a website, neverheardpodcast.com, where you can find uh, pretty much where to find us anywhere. But if you're really wondering just how far our reach goes, I mean, we're, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, mm-hmm. we're on Instagram. Uh, you'll find the podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, in Spotify, yep. uh, in your face.
0: Hey, speaking of Instagram, oh, Craig, I'm happy yeah. to announce that uh, we have, as of today, been officially followed by the Lords of Crump instagram page Finally. which is a uh, crump group out of sao paulo brazil i believe if i'm not mistaken I glanced at. It. what language do they speak down there <laughs> hola lords of crump yeah if you're listening
1: man you're just bridging the divides aren't you
0: i'm, I'm crossing the globe yeah with kindness
1: I, I like that because it makes me feel like at some point we'll be cool that feels like a cool like you wouldn't. i'm not gonna go that the lords far. of crump don't yeah. follow people unless they're somewhat cool That's a good point. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I didn't look at it that way, but that's a very, very good point. Thank you for that, Craig. You're welcome. This is why I have you around.
1: That's what I'm here for.
0: Well, hey, you were here last week, too, and we did a tee-up to this movie, Rise, the documentary from 2005. If you haven't listened to that, I highly suggest you do. That covers all the sort of behind-the-scenes stuff and the people that made it, and we talked a little more in detail about uh, how it got made, how much money it made when it was released, what else was going on at the time, and that kind of stuff. But today, of course, we're going to get into the film itself and talk all about it, but not until after I ask you, Craig, what else you watched?
1: What else I watched? That's a good question. Did I watch an entire oh yes. Here's what I watched, <laughs> Sean, if you're if you're really if you yeah. really want to know. I think the only movie I watched in its entirety is The Lovely Bones, the Peter Jackson movie.
0: Really? Was that the first time you'd seen the movie? First time
1: I'd seen it the whole way through. Oh wow. I'd seen okay. bits and pieces.
0: Did you read the book?
1: I did not read the book. So I I went in really knowing nothing except that except that I really love the cast mm-hmm. and and I'm such a big fan of Peter Jackson's movies. To the point where like like I like his Lord of the Rings movies, but they're they're almost they're like sure. the, the ones I like the least.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of with you.
1: And there were parts of this one that really made me miss kind of the the heavenly creatures uh Peter Jackson yep. a little bit. But um but it was fun. Like it, it wasn't something that worked on every level for me personally, mm-hmm. but it did it did just feel like he Peter Jackson got to play you know kind of in a in a little smaller way, it didn't have to be so grand. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching it. I can see why it's maybe not the most revered movie in the world, but I I liked it quite a bit.
0: Uh you know that was supposed to be Ryan Gosling in Mark Wahlberg's role. Really? And uh yeah, I think maybe they shot a little bit if I'm not mistaken. And they just apparently had some like disagreements over I think it was even down to like wardrobe or like maybe I, I swear maybe it's something about him having like facial hair. <laughs> it was something really uh small. Yeah and petty and then they just agreed to go separate ways yeah I don't know I want to revisit that one because I had high hopes for it I had read the book I I didn't love the book but I thought oh this is perfect material for him to kind of sink his teeth to and actually like make it better I think Um, as a movie and obviously yeah I was thinking this is his heavenly creatures return it didn't quite pan out that way for me, but I should check that out again at some point.
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of the toughest thing was it was like the effects have not aged well.
0: I can see that. Yeah, uh, even just thinking about it, from it's been years since I watched it, but yeah, I can imagine that yeah. being the case. Yeah.
1: What about you, man? What did you watch over the last couple of weeks?
0: I watched a couple things, Craig, and some of them are are very podcast related. Which I'm happy to report. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I watched was The Plumber. Which was a Peter Weir movie, another Peter Weir movie from 1979. It was actually, I think, a TV movie. Very cool. And uh, I was exchanging texts with a friend and, and listener of the show, and I was like, "Man, have you heard about the plumber?" And he looked at the synopsis. He was like, "Wow, that sounds like the Cable Guy." And it kind of is. I mean, it's it's very similar. It is literally about like a plumber who shows up to work on the the pipes in this um sort of apartment of an intellectual couple you know there's a professor or scientist i can't remember and then his wife who's also working on like a phd and uh he just will not leave and he's like the worst yeah. crass person in the world in this very 70s but it, it gets it's a little more straightforward in the thriller kind of genre than say the cable guy was. But it's good. It's it's definitely worth checking out. And that's on Filmstruck right now if anybody's listening and wants to do so. I highly recommend it. It's definitely Peter Weir flexing those early muscles yeah. of his. Uh, also checked out Annihilation. Oh yeah. The I see Alex that. Garland movie. Yeah, with Natalie Portman. I didn't love it, Craig. I gotta say, like I remember those trailers, and I definitely have a lot of love for Ex Machina and a lot of the stuff that Alex Garland's written. Mm-hmm. But this one, to me, like it just—I hate to say it—but like it feels formulaic now. Like some of these, like oh, there's this strange phenomenon, and let's send in the the government scientists and people, and right. weird things are going to happen, and they're going to carry gun. Like it, just, I don't know. Like it feels like Alien or Aliens, and and not as effective as those. But then really interesting like last 10 minutes that felt like pure sci-fi and that yeah. so i'm like man where is where is that movie so i don't know now that i know to expect maybe i'd watch it again and have a different reaction really like jennifer jason lee in this movie i i gotta say like between that and uh watching the hateful Eight recently i was like man she's she's really really good yeah but biggest recommendation of the week is the movie personal shopper from, uh, I guess it was 2016, 2017. Did you yeah. hear
1: this movie? Uh, Kristen Stewart.
0: Yes. Yeah. You got to see this movie. It is, I think you will You might specifically like this movie. It is, I, I don't know quite how to describe it, as it's a ghost story of type. Right. I'll say that. But just aside from that, like this, I do think the story is really, really good. There are more screens in this movie than I think in anything I've ever seen. There's like a solid 25 minute or so text message conversation that happens in the middle of this movie and it's almost riveting like i don't even know how that's possible but i mean and it's not like they do cut away for it. it's not you're just watching a text exchange But, I mean, part of the movie, like, it literally could be a commercial for iMessage. Like, it's that intense uh, of, like, seeing an iPhone and these text messages happen. (laughs) But it's really, really good. (laughs) I mean, you got to have skill to do that. So, that's uh, Olivier, uh, uh, I'm going to mispronounce his last name, Asayas, the French filmmaker, Mm. who right before that made The Clouds of Sils Maria, I believe. okay. I immediately added that to my list, and that's... uh, um, Super excited to see that because that dude is amazingly talented. So go go watch Personal Shopper.
1: I definitely will. I'm gonna put that on my list right now. I'd like to add one thing to the Lovely Bones. Uh, hearing you kind of talk about these, I think it was you were saying something uh, before about uh, something you, you liked about the the second movie you were talking about there. The one thing I really liked about the Lovely Bones was the way the climax occurs, which I think yeah. is is something that had I seen it in 2005 in the theater, I think I would not have liked the the yeah. the person the monster that I was back then. <laughs> I, I think I would have. what what I remember like, what was I that? remember yeah. Yeah, oh you oh, <laughs> you definitely remember of anybody. No. no, but um I really liked how it wrapped up uh which I think was was um I could see why yeah. it would be very disappointing for a lot of people. But anyway.
0: Uh and then lastly and I'll just briefly I watched uh part 2 of the Yakuza Papers Battles Without Honor and Humanity. Oh yeah. I don't even know how many movies there are. I think there were like what five or six. Yeah. Uh this one was uh, Hiroshima Death Match. I want to watch it again. I did not devote my entire attention to this movie. I will say I think it's exponentially <laughs> bloodier oh, than wow. the first one, which is hard to believe and crazier in some ways and yet got kind of very similar in story, I think. But that's yeah. what I'm saying, like I didn't I didn't quite give it 100% of my attention, so I probably should do that again. But uh, again, those are all on Amazon Prime, and uh, they're just kind of fun to put on and and just check out the insanity. They definitely used the obituary thing, yeah. <laughs> freeze frame. Uh, they used the exact same music cue in the film, and yeah, uh, the same lead character from Battles Without Honor and Humanity is definitely in this movie, but he is not the central figure. So it huh. is, um, in, in some ways, it is a direct sequel, but not a direct continuation of that particular story i think
1: interesting yeah i gotta jump back into those things
0: i know i'm working my way up to police tactics i know i gotta get get there too (laughs) yeah well hey let's talk about rise yeah let's rise it up this is not a trend let me repeat this is not a trend out here it's a flow it's a vibe everybody does it the best place to get the real truth is right from the street as we mentioned last week 2005 documentary directed by david la chappelle former fashion photographer music video director extraordinaire stars tommy the clown uh larry berry you got dragon you got little c you got miss prissy as you mentioned your nickname from high school mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing Kevin Scott Richardson in there, i got to say. Maybe I just blinked and missed him, but um, he's in the credits at least. And this is, according to IMDb, the documentary story of a dance movement that rises out of South Central Los Angeles with roots in clowning and street youth culture. That's kind of generalized and vague. My synopsis, the SHDB, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, for Sean Horville, would be, it's about uh, a group, two groups of youth in South Central. One's the Clowns, founded by Tommy the Clown, and the other is the Crumping Group. And it's two slight variations, although they may not find them slight to my very white person eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were slight variations on a similar dance style, and uh, we'll get into all of that and culture that sprang from that. But you picked it, Craig. You said you wanted... To watch something that had a musical element, and this absolutely does, even though it is about dance, uh, what did you think? Watching Rise for the first time.
1: It's a fantastic movie, first and mm-hmm. foremost. I think uh, one of the things that really hooked me was I am not a person who is very well versed in dance at all, <laughs> you know? like, like Really? I, Shocking. I, right, I know, yeah. but uh, I know. Um, as much as I dance... Like no one's You do watching. a big
0: electric slide, though, right? Yeah.
1: Oh sure, sure. I mean that the yeah. Macarena and the worm, right? Yeah, and the Macarena, of course. Yeah, I- I've got all those. <laughs> no, but um, but like like when I was in college, I went to my share of uh, interpretive dance yes. performances, mm-hmm. usually invited by someone lovely, and I can't say I watched any of those and understood anything, or no. necessarily felt anything. And I would mainly put that at the doorstep of the fact that I had not been through a lot of things in my life. And I didn't know a lot. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't something that naturally just moved me. Mm-hmm. And so that being said, th- uh, that's kind of what I got the kick out of uh, watching this, is this dancing, I felt like this actually communicated things to me.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah.
1: Like, I- in a weird way, like, like I I felt this dancing more than... I have probably any other dancing before that I've that I've watched.
0: Did you put on the clown makeup afterwards?
1: Uh well, I would have to take it off because I am 24/7 oh, clowning.
0: <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Oh, no, that's true. Okay. No, that's true. Yeah. But um well, this is why we should video chat. I don't know. Right, yeah. right.
1: Of course. So I was uh I was totally taken in by this movie from beginning to end. What about
0: you? I think the same. I mean, it is an experience to watch and you know I, I was kind of picking on that Roger Ebert quote in the tee up about him saying that like the most amazing thing about it was that it's real. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, of course it's a documentary. Yeah. Uh, but that said, I mean, I, I kind of get that now. And I think that was the, the goal that L- La Chapelle must've had in mind was to just put this out there, like mm-hmm. to put this dancing out there more than anything else yeah. in the movie. And, I think that's what I'll take away from it. and like watching that. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, it's just fascinating, and I loved all of that. That said, I love you know me. I just I like the behind the scenes stuff, like the the interviews with the guys more, mm-hmm. and I think if you're sort of dividing the movie into those two parts, you know, because there's a lot of dancing sequences, and then there's the interviews. Sure. I'm probably left walking away from this thinking, it's absolutely perfect the way it is. I don't know that it's something I'm going to go back to necessarily, right, anytime soon, because I do think the music side of it kind of dominated the interview side of it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I like the story of this movie. Is pretty small. Yes. Right. And you know, it's not it's not Grizzly Man. Like it's not. Right. You know, it's not like some large dramatic yeah. documentary where even though there is a competition at the end of this, I thought of, have you seen Chris Rock's documentary, Good Hair? No. Oh man, you got to see that. It's, it's fantastic. Like it's, it gets into the whole sort of like culture of, uh, African-American hair and barbershops and then the beauty shops and, but there's a big competition at the end of that movie. Yeah. Not unlike there is in this movie. Um, one is haircutting, cutting and one is dancing. <laughs> it's two right. very different things. But that movie in particular, I think, is a little, it's definitely more about the interviews than just watching somebody cut hair because that's not as dramatic as watching people dance in this. But that said, that the story of that is, is maybe a little more compelling to me, at least, than the story in this. Although, I love all those interviews. I mean, I think that, like, those kids are, are fascinating and have insight and... Like some really interesting, well thought out, aware, like socially aware things to say, you know. Yeah. And especially that guy Dragon, you know, he was just bringing the heat in his interview. Like he was throwing out quotes of you know uh, every second. Like every time he was on camera, I felt like I was writing down what he was saying. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, I think it's an easy, easy thumbs up for me. Absolutely. So now the challenge is, Craig, mm. for you to tell people what. Let's just start with with. Clowning. Okay. Right on. <laughs> so our job here, I think, as as podcasters talking about this movie to people who probably haven't seen it and may not. We we have to describe this, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not I don't I don't think that's gonna be easy. The easiest thing to do would be to go watch the damn thing or at least watch the trailer. Yeah. But describe can you describe well let's just talk about how the clowning side of this started because that is what the movie opens with is the first section is 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 about the clowning movement and how that began right so wh- why don't you tell us your take on on how that kind of came to be and we'll just give some background info on that
1: well it it seems to kind of start with a guy named tommy the clown who ha- has become uh what do they call him a, a ghetto celebrity a ghetto He's, celebrity uh, yes yeah some quotes he he started this um hmm yeah, where, <laughs> where 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 do you start exactly? Well, I mean, the 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 thing is, he's he's sort of this uh, positive force in an otherwise pretty negative world. Sure, you know, he he's he's hired out for parties. He kind of he's just known around the neighborhood in general. At one point, one of the one of the characters' uh, mom is put in jail, and Tommy the clown takes care of the girl. So yeah, he's he's kind of this this savior figure. The thing that was interesting to me was. So, so the way they depict him a lot there at the beginning, he's at kids' birthday parties, people love him, you see a lot of people coming up, giving him hugs, everybody's excited to see Tommy the Clown. I didn't so much get any of the dance stuff at that point.
0: Well, I was going to say, did you know that about this thing? Because I just assumed well, clowning is just a type of dancing. I <laughs> Right. No, I didn't, I didn't know understand. That the dude no, was like, yeah. No, he's like literally a, a birthday clown. No, like that's how that started. Yeah, yeah. he's
1: one hundred percent a legit clown. Like I mean, he's yeah. got like like all clowns have their own signature makeup and everything. He's got his signature makeup. Sure. He's a serious clown. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but he but he also has this this other part of him is that he has this this clown academy,
0: hip hop clown academy. I think it said on the wall, right?
1: Exactly, and. And what what it took me a while to understand is that that is that is encompassing this this sort of dance. It's a dance academy as much as a clown academy. Sure. So all the people who adhere to his academy, like they have they have their makeup. This this is right from the beginning. Like you see him putting on his makeup. You'll cut to other folks who are in with him who have their own like signature makeup. Everybody's got like their thing that they do, and that's how we kind of get into this whole thing about how this is an alternative to gangs and the other dangerous stuff that just seems to be waiting at everyone's doorstep in South Central.
0: Right. I can't remember if it was Larry's mom or maybe Swoop maybe Mm -hmm. whose mom said um, I don't want him to be a blood. I don't want him to be a crip. I want him to be a clown. Yeah. (laughs) It's like uh, I love that quote. I mean and it's true like that it was a much better obviously. Yeah alternative to all of that like if those are your options and sadly it it does seem like you know and they talk about this a lot you know the people in this movie of you know growing up in this neighborhood and and there's really like there's no just like immediate obvious path to getting out or or right sort of rising above your income level and any of that stuff and you're way more likely to be shot or arrested or in a jail than you are to be getting like a promotion and moving out right so in walks this clown, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is like socially very fascinating, I think.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like um, for anyone who did not grow up in in those circumstances, in those neighborhoods, you know, from what I've seen mm-hmm. from the outside, it's always, okay, you can either be an athlete and get out, maybe some kind of musician and get out, or you can really buckle down and kick ass educationally and get a scholarship and get out. Yeah. But then I I kind of feel like th- this sort of covers that ground of okay, well what if you're not a genius? What if you're not what if you don't have that much athletic ability? What if you're not yeah. like an you know what I mean? Like an amazing artist like yeah. like you you everyone needs an outlet of some kind. Mm-hmm. Like it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. Like you're under this tremendous pressure in general and i mean it's it's got to go somewhere and the fact that this is where it goes like i would have never seen that coming in a million years
0: no and i think a i i checked before we recorded because i was just this was i think mostly filmed around 2002 i think it said in the film and then it came out in 2005 and i just wondered i was like is this are they still doing this shit yeah <laughs> you know and sure enough, on Tommy the Clown's webpage, they had what I think may have been the last battle dance event last year. It was oh, wow. the 25th anniversary, and they called it the conclusion. I don't know. Uh, his Facebook page is still posting as of today. Um, so he, he's definitely still active and dancing and doing this, which is kind of amazing. And, you know, I couldn't help but think about, like, you know, I'm watching this and just, like, man, this is hyper-specific. Yeah. And local. And, like, it just it feels so small. Like, mm-hmm. even when it got to the point where they're saying, hey, there's about, like, 50 clown groups around here. I was still, like, okay, but, yeah, that that's maybe, like, you know, if you got five or six people per group, which is what it looked like at most... You know, and there were a few that were bigger than that. Yeah. That's still only, like, a couple hundred people, you know, max. The whole time I'm, like, watching this, it feels like this neighborhood thing. But then I was like, yeah, but, you know, NWA was talking about things that were extremely hyper and localized, and so was, yeah. like, Snoop Dogg and, like, all that, like, West Coast rap and hip-hop. And look how that – I mean, look how, like, globalized that became. And it's yeah. crazy. And, um, you know, I think these – people in this movie like as ridiculous as it seems to like look at a hip-hop clown (laughs) and even like to try to make the distinction between showing up and doing birthday parties versus competitive dancing which is still like i'm not a hundred percent positive how it made the evolution from that one thing to the other yeah it's still kind of just amazing yeah that it it has any sort of like outside presence from this neighborhood you know
1: it is and that's kind of the other thing is like as we went over the tee up last week and we were talking about the people who are in it and you know some people did a few movies that were around this the time that rise came out Mm -hmm. but it's not like anyone shot to stardom like it feels like I, i guess that's one of the things i really found kind of um kind of inspiring about it is yeah i mean these folks are when you watch them dance they're putting 150 percent of themselves into this thing. Yeah, I, I don't even understand how they can move like that.
0: Like I, I no feel idea. like I'd
1: be broken in half.
0: Well, but, and we should maybe have mentioned the very first thing you see when you play this movie is the title card that says the footage in this film has not been sped up in yeah. any way, which I kind of love. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love that, yeah. and and I mean you yeah. do
1: need it because uh, yeah, oh my I god, mean, yeah, it's crazy. Some, some of that stuff just looks like oh yeah, that would be an mm-hmm. easy camera trick, but it's not. And, and you know. I think, and, but that's the thing is like, no one, no one's doing it for the cash.
0: There is no cash. I mean, yeah. Like what like, possible, uh, they don't perform. I mean, other than it looks like that one event and, you know, maybe Tommy the clown makes, makes a little bit of money because, right. you know, he's, he's doing lessons and teaching this and has this academy and, right. and obviously probably gets a fee for showing up and doing birthday parties and things, you know, that, that's one thing, but if I remember correctly, it was maybe one of the crumpers, but they somebody said something about it not being commercialized, yeah. you know, and, and that being important to them. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, too, you know, especially when, you know, hip hop, certainly, and a lot of like that urban culture has had this sort of image of excess, like definitely like consumer excess being like the high mark and then the goal of a lot of it for decades now you know i I do think that's that's shifting and i'm like i don't i'm certainly no hip hop aficionado to even be talking about that but you know you don't have to look very hard to find the videos with the the Jets and the Lambos and all the rented jewelry and everything, yeah. you know? And this is not that, you know, it's, it's definitely not. It's, it's kids in uh, tank tops and, uh, you know, the jeans they bought down the street, Yeah. you know, nobody's paying them to do this. And from what I could tell, nobody's paying them now. I don't know, but it, it is exactly. interesting though, that as of today, there's at least a group of people crumping in Brazil enough that they're going to follow us on yeah. <laughs> Instagram because I did a hashtag for crump.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's just something that really means something. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a way out. It's not any of that stuff. It's just like it's something that yeah. people love and they're just doing it because they love it and they need it.
0: And if I remember correctly, Tommy the Clown said something about when he first started this, you know, I think a he had gone to jail for drugs. He was selling drugs. He got out and decided he's you know never going back. He wanted to do something positive, and he took it uh, to a literal step and put on the clown makeup and just started going down the neighborhood and he was blasting music from his car. he'd stop and he'd, he'd dance in his full clown makeup and he would book a birthday party. But I think he said something about noticing how the kids were dancing, and instead of like turning up his nose at that, he embraced it and incorporated Mm -hmm. it, he started, you know, like you were talking about, like literally becoming a father figure to a a couple kids and having kids work for him and with him. They started taking the dance side of it to a bit more of an extreme. And they talk a little bit about the stripper dance and, Mm -hmm. like, some of those moves.
1: (laughs) Well, you see where, like, twerking came from?
0: Yes. And then they briefly talked about the, the the 50 different clown groups and you get a, you know, just really small sort of introduction to a few of them and their names. Obviously, it's hard not to love the Asian clown group called Rice Track Clowns.
1: Wow, yeah.
0: <laughs> and they do. They wear a little bit of makeup. It's not full makeup. Uh, Tommy the Clown was like one of the few that actually painted the majority of his face. You know, a lot of them, it's just a little touch or flourish, if you will. Mm-hmm. Then we meet the Crumpers. I feel like maybe it's unfair to make you also describe that <laughs> since uh, I put you on the hook for the clown. So uh, my interpretation of what we witnessed was that there were you know, certainly other people in this neighborhood, and uh, in this case specifically, that were part of Tommy's Academy, and then decided, yeah, we want to take it a step further. We don't want it to be quite so tied to the, the silliness of, you know, the, what people think of when they think of clowns. Mm-hmm. They made it slightly more combative, but in a like a I guess a non confrontational way. I guess it feels more aggressive to me watching the Trumpers. Right. They're moving maybe more frenetically and there's a lot of physical involvement with the crowd, I guess, or the people around it. Like they'll get right up on somebody and actually dance sort of off of them or involve them and, and there's like yeah. clothes pulling, there's the Hulk Hogan ripping your tank top move. I saw that happen a couple times. Mm-hmm. That that was a little C I think that guy we talked about that was a judge on um So You Think You Can Dance. Uh there's Tide Eyes, Miss Prissy was big in the in the crumping movement there. Mm-hmm. Dragon was as well, right? Yeah. It was interesting. Like I still when we meet them I, I still <laughs> I, I didn't see it as being like a competition, I guess, right. with the clowns until much later in this movie when it's like literally a competition like that's the battle zone is what happens at the, uh, you know, once a year. I will say there was a part of this movie when we shifted to talking about them where I got a little antsy for wanting a bit more knowledge of, of who these kids were when they're not dancing. Right. Because, you know, when we meet Tommy the Clown, like, he's at home and he's putting on his makeup and he's talking about how he ended up doing this thing. And that's before we even really see the dance. Right. And I felt like they didn't treat the crumping section exactly the same, which is fine. But I just felt like after a while, I was like, okay, like, I've I've heard these kids say a lot about what the dance means to them and and why they do this and why they think it's different and – I love Dragon saying, you know, this is not a trend. Let me repeat that. This is not a trend. Right. But uh, I don't know. Like, I I wanted to see, uh, okay, like, show me where these people live. Like, who's their family? Like, that kind of stuff. Did you have any similar feeling or you just kind of going with the flow?
1: I did kind of go with the flow, but you're right. I mean, I feel like with Tommy the Clown, you got such a long bit with him at the beginning. Yeah. And, and again, I had no idea why we were talking to a clown. Like, I didn't. (laughs) <laughs> know any part of that but um because of that yeah you you, you see i mean you see his day-to-day life like his mm-hmm. job is this anyway you know yes like i i kind of would have liked to like cut to miss prissy at the orange julius at the mall or something and just right. get an idea of like what she does when she's not doing this because as far as we know like that's all that they do and i'm just assuming mm-hmm. that's not all they do
0: no and in fact i mean I think certainly some of these were high school age kids. Yeah. I, we never see them at school. And I I understand like, yeah, the logistics of that is probably tough uh, as a filmmaker, but I'll say this when they do finally talk about, and we do see some of the home life, it's all great stuff. I mean, that guy tied eyes who was sort of like uh, the father figure, then to the guy, baby, you know, he tells this story about his grandfather pulling a gun, uh, I think drunkenly on his mother. Yeah, And he, basically blocked her from getting shot or well, I think it ricocheted off of something and went through his arm kind of near his elbow. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, Holy shit. Like that's, I mean that there are like, I don't want to sell the interviews short at all because the stuff that's there is, is great. Yeah. I just wanted a little bit sooner, I guess if if I had to nitpick any sort of structural thing, anything else from like that, that sort of like middle of this movie that you really liked.
1: We were talking about the the battle zone the, the dance off the dance competition. Yeah. As if it happened at the end, I feel like I feel like that actually kind of happened more in the middle.
0: Yeah, I, I, there was a little bit of aftermath after the dan- the battle zone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe I'm just not thinking about it quite right, but uh
0: well, I'm just thinking like, you know, 99.9% of any movie that has a competition in it, that's like the third that's oh, your yeah. third act of <laughs> well, Yeah. Well, but that's the
1: thing like yeah. like, like cuz when it started when when, you know people started talking about it and i thought oh we're gonna build up to that we're gonna yeah absolutely people and then we'll find out but then they just went right to it yeah and so Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was a little too soon to be something that was um that was there to have a huge payoff in terms of like the characters have really bested each other like it's 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 really there more as like like here's how big this thing is
0: well i I was totally okay with that like yeah oh absolutely. now and I remember writing down like they were talking about Battlezone. And I'm like, okay, like this is gonna take place at Tommy's Hip Hop. Like it'll like it's gonna be like on a basketball court, right. at Most in the neighborhood. It's at the Great Western Forum, and yeah, it's in <laughs> a like stadium. A and that there. place I'm is like, full. What is going on? Yeah. yeah, and everybody's engaged. Oh man, yeah, because yeah, the crowd decides the winner, so yeah. they they have to be engaged. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's a part of me that almost wished it could have started with that. In That'd a way, be and like, yeah. like that's where you would have met your characters because, like, mm-hmm. at that point, things really crystallized a little bit better for me in terms gotcha. of, you know, the clowns and the crumps and like how they feel about each other and, you know, that they're, that they're kind of opposed to each other and, you know, obviously there's this big rivalry.
0: But anyway, no, you're right. Yeah,
1: I really, I really liked that. Yeah, because yeah, just in a very short amount of time, yeah, you see, you see all the stuff that you've been talking about where. You know, this dancing is confrontational and it can be really aggressive and angry, but that's not all it is. And no. even for all the bad feelings, you know, that, that that both sides have for each other, like Tommy has bad feelings about the Crumps to an extent. Crumps have bad feelings about Tommy to a certain extent. Even so, like there are definitely parts during the battle zone where like uh, some one of the Crumps like, you know, like just kicks ass like just has an amazing like move or something and you see tommy going nuts you know yeah it's it's Uh something that goes even deeper than what those rivalries are which is which is really nice but then at the same time the aftermath of that battle zone you really see the depth of the bad feelings as well
0: yeah now i love all that stuff i didn't want to i just want to make sure we didn't skip it or anything that you were a fan of I want to briefly just kind of point out prior to that, there was a sequence where, and it's just one of these montage, like dance montages where they actually did like a lot of parallel cutting to footage of like an Mm. African tribe dancing and engaging and sort of, it's almost like sparring Mm -hmm. and the way that they painted their face. And it's just like, oh man, like it it was a really nice way to make that connection. I thought it's not subtle, but it's also not, there's no dialogue about it whatsoever. They didn't go and get, like, Joe Schmo PhD, history professor, to, to like, draw the the lines for us. And, like, right. I, was, I was so glad. Yeah. You know, and they just – they used, like, African music for that. And uh, it was really cool. I mean, like, even watching it before that, I kind of thought of, like – was it Maori or um, – it was Filipino or, uh, hmm. you know, that sort of like the tribal war dance that those guys do and like just the, the faces and, and sort of like the expression of that, like seeing some of that in this even. But yeah, the battle zone was great. That tie-dyes guy crushed it, man. He killed it. Oh, yeah. Maybe we won't. Maybe, let's don't spoil who won the battle zone. Maybe we should. No. Say we spoil so many things on every single episode. We'll keep that one. We'll let you, we'll let you enjoy that one.
1: Well, I don't want to second guess you. I, I, I do agree. But at the same yeah. time I feel like we can't kind of talk about what happens next in a weird way if we don't.
0: Well, it okay. The clowns win. Okay. Sorry, Crumpers. I'd like to apologize to the Lords of Crump in Brazil if if this is a sore subject for yeah. bring this up. Uh, Hopefully you you've seen it in the last
1: thirteen years Crump. and you know
0: what went <laughs> down, but I mean it's been tw- they've had twenty five of these, I think, now. Um it's crazy. Right. But uh yeah, I, I'm kinda with you in that they showed some of the rivalries and I mean there was that guy Larry that we'd seen a ton who's like Tommy's like right hand guy basically mm-hmm. on the clowns but then there was his rival that he danced off against of the Crumps and like I did, yeah that was the first time I think that we had seen that guy um, and I didn't really know who that was but he definitely had some bad feelings about after that I mean one of my absolute favorite things of the movie was then uh, <laughs> I think it was Little C I think it was his, like, it just yeah. looked like his grandma, you know? Yeah. This, like, elderly woman in, like, a green suit. She's like, I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm not gonna t- sit here and tell you you won every battle because you didn't. And you know that. But you definitely got cheated out of about three. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was fantastic. Yeah. And, um, I mean, they they sort of, I kind of, Picked up on that a little bit with one of the battles where you, you, the way they cut it, it felt like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe the crowd reaction was a little bit higher for this one person and they ended up giving it to the clowns, you know? Yeah. And you could see the sort of like bitter look on some of the things. And then, yeah, but, but having that in there and, but, then having the exclamation point of the grandma was was fantastic. I loved that moment. One of my Well,
1: favorites. and and yeah, and 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 during the actual dance off, an even more minor point cuz I love that I do love that grandma moment. Yeah. It was toward the end of the the whole thing. And there's a dance off between two kids, like two younger the kids.
0: kids. Oh my god, so good. Yeah.
1: And the kid who I think was uh dancing for the crumps at the end of his boy. like it, it's so good. I mean, everybody's obviously very good at doing this because I mean they, yeah. they they put the time in they put the work in like crazy. At the end of the thing, the kid ju- is just phenomenal as far as I'm concerned. And like, the, there are these two guys who are on his side who are like clearly as excited about what he did as I was. And they sort of just like, I mean, the way they just like grab him up yeah. at the end. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's so. Oh man, it's like it's like the the movements of all of this stuff and how yeah. the movements flow into the next moment and how. People work themselves into the thing seems impossible. It seems like none of that would work. It just seems right. like everyone would go home with black eyes. And maybe that's what happens. Maybe yeah. everybody just gets like busted lips every single day. But, um, but the fact that it doesn't look like they do is, is one of the more amazing things to me. But I loved that moment. Like that just yeah. was like pure joy. It
0: was amazing. I found myself thinking too, I was like, I don't, like if I'm in the audience for that thing. It seems like it goes on for a couple out. I mean, like it's sure. it's not like a short thing. I'm like, am I really like yeah? How engaged are these people going to be by the end of this thing? Is it like yeah. you know it's going to turn into like watching a dog show or something like that, where right. it's just like polite, you know? And it's not like yeah, it 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 just. Oh I man, everybody's escalates. on their feet. Yeah, yeah. It felt like it escalated all the way through, and definitely with those those kids were amazing. And then sadly, as Tommy the clown is celebrating with his gigantic wrestling belt he gets a phone call and we find out like his, his house had been broken into and robbed and trashed while he was while the, everybody was at the battle zone and he's really broken up about that and yeah. uh, you know rightfully so I mean for the sake of the movie it was kind of an interesting like sobering moment and reminder of like okay yeah uh, this is what they're escaping and this is kind of like the outlet because everywhere else they look is uh, there's a lot of negativity going on yeah you're right though i mean like i didn't even think about it but then we go to his house and we see the police there and we see the other people comforting him and talking about like yeah this is just we're we're going to move into a mansion you know it's somebody's just doing you a favor and helping you get there um that kind of thing you know just like the way they kind of talk about and dealing with these hardships which when half of these people have seen you know neighbors get shot Mm-hmm. Losing some of your home property is is way down the line, you know, as far as on the totem pole of hardships. But still, like, just the way they dealt that with that was 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 pretty interesting.
1: It was, it was.
0: And then Craig, we gotta talk about payless caskets.
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah. So payless caskets, man. This sequence. <laughs> yeah, so you you know you met all these guys. You've seen Battle Zone. You've seen all that stuff. And why are they there?
0: Well, the, the casket store, Payless Caskets, is a real casket store. I, I yeah. checked, and it seems like they're still in existence in South Central L.A. Yeah. Uh, it was adjacent to Tommy's Studio, if I'm oh, not mistaken. Oh, that's sake. what it is. Okay. Yeah, but the owner or the proprietor is uh, is a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> on-screen presence who is uh, encouraging everyone to come in and check out the caskets. Yeah, and uh, to adjust their life accordingly, and to clown the right way because there's definitely a wrong way to clown. Mm-hmm. That'll get you. It'll get you in in one of those caskets if you're not careful.
1: He does. I I do like I do like <laughs> it every now and again when like the like an older generation yeah. kind of pokes their head in this movie. Like I like the fact that he he calls it the boogie woogie. Yes. Like at some point, so he's he's like George the George Jefferson of this movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean exactly. He's totally friendly, but at the same time, he's kind of, he is kind of this guy who's just bewildered by like what's going on, as as anybody
0: would be. I mean, I have to imagine, you know. um, But he's still, yeah. He was, he was uh, something to behold. I loved every second of that. Yeah. I'd like to thank our sponsor today, Payless (laughs) (laughs) Caskets. No, Uh, Craig, I do feel like there's so many more things that I liked that we could point out. Mm. I want to quickly mention just a couple quotes that I wrote down. Please And do. then I'd love to hear from you about some other things that you liked. Mm-hmm. Again, Dragon was was my favorite quote machine from this movie. He was talking about how a lot of people will see them out there crumping and right. just think, what the hell are these kids doing? Look at these heathens out there. as thugs, as group of people. Surely there's something bad going to go down. And he made the comment, like, no, we're not thugs. We're not... These, this this and that he's like no what we are is oppressed i mean just like just the way he said that it was like i felt it you know yeah and then he had another one where he was, about, I was like what we're doing is just is just as valid as your ballet your tap etc he said except we didn't have to go to school for this it was imprinted on us from birth <laughs> yeah i just like loved hearing him talk about that and like you know anytime somebody takes something seriously like that it's it's always kind of fascinating and he was um He was he was really interesting because like he also was one who was talking about it like being an art, specifically an art and like wanting it to be a part of the art world, which in some ways, I guess you could say he succeeded just by getting somebody like David LaChapelle's attention, who is certainly considered a more mainstream artist, if you will, by being a fashion photographer or just, you know, advertising photographer, the more socially acceptable art form I guess than this and then also really liked, and I don't remember who it was but they were able to talk about the fact that you do see a lot of little kids in this movie doing these dance moves which it's easy to look at as something completely sexualized and I think it was in the same conversation where they were describing the stripper dance and this this kid this gentleman said No, it's, you know, people get upset and it's like, how dare they let, you know, their kids go out there and do that. These, you know, really young kids. like There's nothing sexual about it. They're dancing by themselves. They're just popping. he's like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. What's wrong with popping? You know, and it's like, yeah, he's right. I mean, he's right. You know, it's only sexualized if you bring that to it. You know, those are the things that I really liked a lot uh, that we hadn't mentioned. What about you? What's on your list?
1: My favorite quote of the whole thing was from my namesake, Miss Prissy. She was good. Who who is yeah? Who is just awesome the whole way throughout? Like, yeah, I mean, she's she probably just, the
0: best dancer, man. Jeez, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, exactly. And and she's got. And it is so funny, like her interview presence versus her dancing presence, just yeah. feel like two completely different people, which is kind of awesome. But you know, along with the stuff that you're talking about, obviously, which are you know, again, there are a million good bites in it. But there's just a bit where she's talking about being in South Central talking about, you know, how this is an actual alternative to gang life to the point where gangs kind of leave them alone. Yeah. Which is nice. But she also adds, she's like, you know, people from outside of South Central, they'll always say like, you know, how can you live there? Like is aren't you always scared? Isn't it so dangerous? And her take on it is, you know, it's not dangerous. Like this is just life. This yeah, is just exactly. the reality, you know. Once you you've yep. grown up in it, it's just life. It's just, you know, how it is and it's kind of like like going from that to their dancing it just feels like a, just a straight line
0: yeah it is you know? uh, and that helps so much i think as an outsider um, yeah to hear somebody say that and, yeah. you know, she specifically was talking about Hollywood, I think, mm-hmm. as an industry and even just as a neighborhood in L.A., which is certainly...
1: Like, as a way to get out and all that stuff, yeah.
0: Yeah, and just, you know, her f- feelings of discomfort being there um, mm-hmm. or trying to do anything in that that arena. But then vice versa, like, yeah, like, somebody from there coming or, like, talking about where she lives. And, uh, yeah, it is crazy to think about how... Uh, And certainly anybody who's been to L.A., like, you you drive across it, you know, geographically speaking, you're not going that many miles uh, distance. Mm -hmm. And yet you do sort of cross all these just vastly different cultural, economical, like, locations uh, within that. Some of that was helped, I think, even in this movie just by, you know, starting with the footage of the Watts riots from 65. And then, you know, they Mm -hmm. touch on Rodney King a little bit, too, just early on. And and seeing that and just being reminded like, oh, yeah, like this is, you know, this has happened historically many, many times in this area. Um, yeah. So all that stuff's fascinating. Anything else? Not for me. Yeah. I'm tapped. I love this movie. I think it's it's a really great sight to behold. I would love to see a follow-up. Doc- I mean, I think this documentary is like primed to have like a sequel of some kind, you know, give yeah. it the 7-up, 14-up treatment. And yeah. uh, I would love to follow up and just, like, see what these people are doing more when they're not dancing. That, that's just my kind of personal take. Where did you watch this, Craig? When did, you, when did you end up watching it on?
1: I watched mine on Voodoo.
0: I did, too. And I will say I think my experience with the Voodoo Free Service, which I think this is the first thing I've watched in their mm-hmm. stuff that they call Movies on Us. Mm-hmm. I think they win compared to Tubi in the advertising thing because I felt like it was you get like 20 minutes or so before you get hit with an ad and it's only sure. one ad. I only had sure. one ad every time it was on so uh, it, was, it was pretty easy to watch that way and I thought it looked good.
1: Well I will say, I, I don't know if it was voodoo or maybe it was my, my device I was watching it on mm-hmm. but uh, I will say I, I, I usually turn on subtitles for a lot of stuff just so I can make sure I'm like, like you know, getting the gist of everything that's being said. Usually I gotta turn down the volume because people are sleeping. But I have to say the subtitles on this one were way off. Oh really? They were like a good like <laughs> two or three sentences behind, and like, oh my and gosh. like I finally that's just had to terrible. turn them off, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't really need them in this one. Like if that had been no, happening to me on so. Harder They Come, I would have been toast.
0: Yeah, that would have been really tough. I think those are burnt into that movie though. Some yeah yeah for sure. Uh, and this movie was in uh, the s- uh, square academy ratio. If not academy, is that uh, yeah one point three? Yeah.
1: Well, that's what I was trying to figure out too. Is like it seemed like some of the sequences were shot on film and others were shot yeah, on video.
0: Absolutely. But I think there's a, a specific dance sequence with the crumpers that was shot on film. It looked the like slow
1: mo anyway. stuff had to be sh- had to be filmed. Yeah. Because there was no slow mo like that for video. But. And am
0: I crazy or are there moments where you were seeing like the lens hood or something? Yeah, I in think the corners? so. That's kind of interesting too. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if that was a, not necessarily that specifically, but the the ratio was a was a style choice or a, a budget choice. Yeah, we've come a long way since 2002 as far as what yeah. people can afford to do. Anyway, fair enough. Go watch it again. It's on Voodoo and Two BTV for free right now with advertisements, and I think you'll have a darn good time. It's about an hour and a half. It's really really easy to get sucked into, and uh, if you've seen it. Let us know what you thought. If you're out there right now and you do either of these dances, I would also love to see you doing that. Yeah. So Send
1: us your vids.
0: Send us all your vids. <laughs> we may have to retract that statement depending on what we get. No. Um, that'd be great. Come say hello, and uh, we'll be back next time with another Tee Up. Craig, any last words?
1: Well, yes, I do have some last words, Sean, in the mm-hmm. words of Swoop. The sky is the limit, and there is no limit.
0: Very well said, Swoop. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time.
1: Good.